This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, NCAA tournament time, the best time of the year for sports fans. And no one better to have on my show than one of the best sports broadcasters when it comes to college basketball. He's a great follow on Twitter. And he gives you what you need to know and keeps you tuned in. Not only to the Big East, but the entire country. My man, Kevin Connolly. Kevin, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. It's, as you said, best time of year. Can't wait to get into it. It's always, you know, it's funny. I know that, I look, in the East Coast, you don't have many uh, college sports junkies in general. You know, we just don't, especially in in the New York, New Jersey area, we don't have uh, that tradition that existed in the early 40s, 50s, 60s, right? That, that it was it was huge because St. John's was big, NYU. It, it, that's what was uh, well, it was SUNY actually back then, but that 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 that's what was the mecca of basketball but it, it that all changed and, and it seems like there's always been a disconnect with the east coast and the appreciation for college sports definitely in football because there's really no one in the area but in basketball it almost comes in waves yeah it, it really does it feels like this is the time of year that everyone's talking about college basketball i mean when conference play starts in late December, early January, no one around this area really cares because I think your 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 reason it's everyone's still geared towards either the college football playoffs or the NFL. But it seems like once uh, late February, early March rolls around, everybody's turning tuning into uh, college basketball. So it's you get that bigger audience this time of year. Everyone's trying to consume everything they can to try and get that elusive perfect bracket. Um, but I got a spoiler. You're not going to get it. This this tournament's too unpredictable. You know, the funny thing is that this tournament, more than ever, although I feel it's more wide open than, let's say, the last 15, 20 years, I also struggle to find more upsets in terms of matchups, right? Because to me... This becomes all about the matchups. It doesn't really, it's not so much necessarily about talent because if it was that way, you know, the all the ones would advance and all the two, and that rarely happens. So it's yeah. about matchups. And finding matchups for upsets, which I thought going in were going to be a lot of, really, for me, I, I had to really get, delve into it and 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 pick and choose and there's only one about one or two that I'm confident in really going in but let's go to the western region a region where Gonzaga the number 1 overall seed is is located when i look at this bracket the one or two games that jump out at me Boise State and Memphis a Boise team that is very good defensively okay and actually has been playing really well, along with Memphis, right? So both teams come in here playing really well. And the Michigan State-Davidson game, 
that could those two games could be interesting. Davidson a little better than people think in Michigan State right now seems to be more named than substance. Talk to me about that bracket and those games. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Those two games really jumped out at me too. I think the I mean the other two I would add were are Arkansas and Vermont. I mean Vermont's really good. I mean what they win their conference championship game by forty. I mean Vermont in, in the America East they've just been steamrolling everybody. And then I think the Alabama um, and then either Rutgers, Notre Dame, whoever wins in that first four game, I think that could be a really good game. But going back to what you said about Boise and Memphis, um, yeah, I mean, a, a month ago, two months ago, uh, probably closer to two months ago, if you told me Memphis was going to be a nine seed, I was going to laugh in your face. I mean, they were an absolute train wreck, and I think that's putting it putting it nicely. I mean, it looked like um, everything, with the, the bottom was falling out from within. But, um, I mean, it, it's harsh to say, but, Penny Hardaway, addition by subtraction with Imani Bates, they've been a much better team when, when he, since he hasn't been out there. Um, but Boise State, like you said, it's, it's a really good team. Um, and again, it's one of those Mountain West teams. So, um, And it's not a Mountain West team you're accustomed to hearing about. Um, normally, Mountain West, you hear like your San Diego State and your UNLVs and that stuff. But you're not accustomed to hearing about Boise State. But yeah, they play, they play some really good defense. Um, in that Mountain West championship game against San Diego State, they were locking down at the end of the game. So I think that's going to be a little bit of contrasting styles. I mean, Memphis likes to run and get up and down and, and score the ball, and Boise State likes to slow things up, and they're going to grind you out for 40 minutes. And then, like you said, like that Michigan State-Davidson game, I mean, people know Davidson as a quality mid-major out of the A-10. I mean, obviously, um, the run they had with Steph Curry, um, that kind of uh, elevates them in terms of people. They, they remember that from so many years ago. But Michigan State had really not been good to end the regular season. Um, they got their footing a bit going into the Big Ten tournament. They got the upset win over Wisconsin, and then they played Purdue um, really close to the wire. But, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of lean toward Davidson in that game. I mean, they have a lot of um, veteran experience. They're a really good shooting team. They can shoot the lights out of a gym. And, um if Davidson wins and you assume Duke's going to beat Cal State Fullerton, that's one of those matchups where I'm like, that could be one of your upsets because Davidson plays a lot like Virginia Tech did. And just look what Virginia Tech did in the ACC championship to Duke. So, so the West bracket is, is really strong. And one more point I just want to add on to what you said about Gonzaga. They lost three games this year. Two of the, two of the teams that they lost to are in this bracket, Alabama and Duke. So th- this West is an absolute gauntlet. And that's not even really touching on the five seed UConn. And you know, what your point on Davidson is 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 spot on because if you watch the ACC tournament, Duke plays best with a smaller lineup, but they're also easier to deal with with that small lineup. And I think that that's why Virginia Tech gave them so many problems. Yeah, I mean. in the ACC tournament, I mean, Duke was lucky to beat Syracuse and Miami. Duke Duke couldn't defend anybody. And you really saw that against Virginia Tech when, um, I mean, Syracuse made some shots against them. Um, Jimmy Beheim went wild. Uh, Miami didn't make as many shots as you would have anticipated. But, I mean, everything Virginia Tech threw up, Hunter Couture, I mean, had 31 points. I mean, Virginia Tech was basically abusing Duke in, in those high ball screens and getting switches and. I mean, Paulo Bancaro is, is not a great defender, but Mark Williams was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And, I mean, it, it's tough for a 7-1 guy to switch out on a on a 5-8 guard on the perimeter or a 5-9 guard on the perimeter 
and try and defend him. And, and that's what Virginia Tech did against Duke, and they tried to go small, and then they would go inside to their relatively big guys because Williams would be off the floor. Benchero, he's not a, he's not a good defender. What, what else? He's a great player, going to be a top three pick, but he's not that good of a defender. And, um, yeah, Duke, they, they were defending really well at the beginning of the year. These past couple of weeks, uh, not so much going back to that North Carolina game and Coach K's final home game. Um, so I, I think they have some real issues. They can score with the best of them, but can they get any stops? And that's going to be that's going to be a big question mark in this West bracket. You mentioned Vermont earlier, a team that I agree has been very good. Here's the issue I have with Vermont, and 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 you know what's funny is that if you're doing a bracket. You have to you have to slide these teams in, right? You have to pick some upsets. But here's the issue I have with Vermont. They played, I believe, Maryland and Providence were the only top major teams that they played. The Providence game, they were down double digits at the half. And they beat a Maryland team, which, let's be honest, is no good. Vermont, although the resume in terms of the amount of wins... And how they won in their league is impressive. I mean, the strength of schedule is way over 200. They've really beaten no one this year. Yeah, I agree with you on that point. Um, but, I mean, just going off of what they, what they did play, I mean, it was, it was outstanding. But, yeah, I, I, I would agree that they, they, haven't, they haven't really beat anybody. I mean, you mentioned that Maryland team. Um, they were, I think that was on the road, and that's when people thought Maryland was going to be good this year. I think that was one of the first games of the season and Providence, I mean, Providence, they've been, I don't know how they're doing it, but they, they win. Um, and those are their two high major games and they lost both of them. So it's, it's, it's tough to, I guess when you're looking at it at that point. Um, but there, there's no doubt about it, that Vermont has been a, a, a absolute wagon in the American East this year. Why, when you look at this bracket and you look at Duke and you look at, and you look at Alabama in particular, right? Let's leave Gonzaga out of this. Why do you think that 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 region got stacked so much even though Gonzaga was the number one overall seed? I, I really don't know. I mean, the, the, the big debate was um, did Tennessee deserve a two over Duke? And I would say yes. I think Tennessee I should have been the two two here but like i think tennessee uh, got screwed being sent out with arizona because i think arizona arizona is my pick to win this whole thing they are yeah but the most talented but, but, team but I, I don't think tennessee is going to complain about their draw when they see what they could have had at the bottom of the west bracket true i mean what, what, would they have liked to be a two sure but like we haven't even and the, we, we've talked about all these teams in the west and we're not even talking about texas tech who i think is going to make it to the elite eight I mean, Texas Tech was another team that played Gonzaga really close. Me too. I have Texas um, Tech in the and, and, Yeah, and, and Gonzaga pulled away in, in, the, uh, in the second half. But, I mean, we haven't even really jumped on Texas Tech, who's one of the best defensive teams in the country. Mark Adams, in his first year as the head coach, has done an outstanding job with them. I mean, this West is loaded. And do, do I think Tennessee should have gotten a two over Duke? Yes. But I don't think the Vols should complain about their draw, given uh, the bottom half of their region compared to the bottom half of this region. Oh, no, listen, they got a great break. If, if To be fair, to be fair, and you assume that as a three, that Longwood game shouldn't be a game, Colorado State, Michigan, I mean, 
they should be fine there. And Villanova, I know that they know how to win. They know how to win. Yeah. But Tennessee is better team. Well, yeah, but don't forget, Villanova absolutely drubbed Tennessee earlier in the year um, up at Mohegan Sun. Correct. I actually wa- I remember watching that game um, from start to finish, but I don't think Tennessee was playing like they were playing now. But again, listen, we'll oh, get... Oh, no, T- Tennessee's one of the hottest teams in the country right now. And, and you know what? Since we're there, take me to the South because... Um, and we'll come back and we'll pick our, our, our bracket finals and winners and everything when we get, when we, when we're done with everything, but take me to the South now, since we're there, the fact that we're speaking Tennessee Villanova in a sweet 16, are we ignoring Ohio state? No, but I think we might be ignoring Loyola Chicago. I mean, that's another veteran team that knows how to win. Um, they're used to the to the the moment in the NCAA tournament. Now um, they don't have Porter Moser, so will that will will the head coaching situation um, be a little too big? Will the moment be a little too big? I don't know, but I think if Loyola Chicago is able to beat Ohio State in, in the first round, which is no no easy task, I think a potential Loyola Chicago Villanova matchup in the round of thirty two would be an outstanding game. Is Seton Hall healthy enough to win that game against TCU? A TCU team that's a... Listen, we know how Jamie Dixon coaches. His teams play hard. They will come after you. So so you think Seton Hall can get that one? I think they can. I don't... It's going to be... Again, it's going to be a really tough game. I mean, I have not been impressed at all with Seton Hall um, in the last two weeks of the season. I just haven't been. Uh, I mean, they're winning. They know how to, they, another team that kind of knows how to win, but it certainly hasn't been impressive. I mean, two absolute nail biters against Georgetown. Um, they, they're really, they, they were never really in the game against UConn in the, uh, in the Big East tournament. Um, I mean, their, their last real, wow, really impressive win, uh, or last two, I guess, were at Creighton and um, uh, at Xavier. Um, so Seton Hall is one of those teams where it's like, what are you going to get? I know Kadari Richmond is banged up. Bryce Aiken, I'm pretty sure he's not going to play. It's one of those, is he going to play? I don't think he'll play for the rest of the year. Um, but, I mean, they have the pieces. I mean, they have the veteran leadership of Miles Cal. They have the star power of Jared Roden. They have um, Ico Biago, the big guy inside. So the, the pieces are there. Um, I think the big thing is, can Kadari Richmond, Jameer Harris, can they settle things at the point, take care of basketball? Um, and run the offense. And if that's the case, I think Seton Hall would win um, and then potentially set up a showdown uh, against Arizona. But, yeah, it's a, it's a TCU team that really flies under the radar. No one really talks about them in the Big 12. It's normally your, your Kansas, your Texas, your Texas Tech, um, and teams like that. No one ever really goes down and talks about TCU and they're having an outstanding season. You, you think the fans at Pittsburgh miss Jamie Dixon now? <laughs> they, they might a little bit. They might a little bit given the struggles they've had so far. I've seen a couple of people picking Houston. And let me tell you something. They are phenomenal defensively. They might, I I believe the last time I saw some stats, they were holding teams to damn near under 60 points or right around the number. Mm -hmm. But they're playing a UAB team that can really fill it up. And UAB, and, and we know how these tournaments go, we know how these tournaments go, Kevin. UAB's got a guard in Jordan Walker 
who can go for 25 or 30 in this game and get an upset. Speak to me about speak to me about that matchup. Well, that that's the NCAA tournament. Guards win. I mean, this time of year, guards win. You're not going to see a team make a run to, to a Final Four or, or win a couple of games without solid guard play, and that's what UAB has. Now, with Houston, I was really impressed in the um, American Championship game when, when, when they handled Memphis. Um, because don't forget, Houston, they talk about teams that haven't really beaten anybody. That's them. They haven't really beaten anybody this year. Um, and I definitely think this is one of those 12 over 5 upset teams. Because like you said, UAB ha- has a guard that can really, really flat out score the basketball. The team can really score the basketball. Um, it, it's a really contrast of styles. Because like I said, Houston's not afraid to run, but they want to slow you down offensively. They want to uh, they want to force shot clock violations, to be quite honest. And UAB, they, they can score from just about anywhere. Um, and it, it's much easier to slow a game down than to speed a game up this time of year. Um, but again, I, I think this is a 12 over 5 where UAB can come out and get a victory. One of the weirdest things that I saw when I was going through some matchups, right, going and 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 seeing pace of play and uh, certain things that I like to look at as I'm deciding some of these things. Because look, I'm a hoop junkie just like you are. You do it for a living uh, at a higher level. I do it for a living at a lower level. But I watch. I'm gonna say well over 150 of these teams play at least one time right mm-hmm. but you might catch yeah. them, you might catch them on the wrong day right so i exactly so i try to go back and break this down one of the weirdest things that i saw in this bracket was so i was breaking down colorado state and michigan right and michigan's strength of schedule pops at you at number 3 but their net ranking is actually lower than colorado state's by about six spots, which is incredible, right? When you think about the league that Colorado State plays in the Mountain West and the fact that they're a six seed, it's not like they were one of these Davidson, one of these Dayton teams from two years ago, right? From a mid-major that could have been a one seed. That game in itself presents to be a phenomenal matchup, but I just found that little tidbit a little bit strange when I was going through these because I've always been a big complainer of the NET. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are, are we sure Michigan should even be in this game? No. I mean. No. I, no, we're not. <laughs> because we, we talk about like how, how I think the committee might have messed up a couple of seats. I think they might have messed up Michigan's too. I think Michigan at best should have been a, a Dayton team, a first four team. I think. I think Indiana should have been safely in the round of, in the field of 64 and as an 11. And I think Michigan should have been playing last night in, in or tonight in Dayton. I, I really do if they make the tournament at all. Because, I mean, Indiana just beat them in the Big Ten tournament. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I could see Michigan winning this game. I could. Colorado State, again, it's one of those teams that under the radar. I mean, don't forget, Colorado State was one of the last um, unbeaten teams this year. Um, they made it all the way to, to early January before they were coming off a COVID pause and had to go on the road to San Diego State and got absolutely run out of the joint by 30. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's 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 tough. Like, could Michigan win? Yeah, I mean, Colorado State's really good. Um, but I don't even know. I think Michigan 
should be counting their lucky stars that they're even in this position and they didn't have to win a game to get into the to the round of 64. Okay, now the Eastern region, Kevin. Let's look at this for a second. I'm going to run about eight scenarios at you, and you tell me here. North Carolina on a good day is good enough to beat Baylor. Yes. When I look at UCLA, they don't look like the same team that made that run last year. No, they don't, but I still I still think they have the potential to show it. Okay. The Texas-Virginia Tech winner can give Purdue all they can handle. I think Texas can more than Virginia Tech, to be quite honest. I don't think Virginia Tech has the size to... to to give Purdue that much of a run, but Texas does. The San Fran, the San Fran Murray State game is going to be an epic matchup. Oh, absolutely! Both teams can flat out play basketball and different styles too. If San Fran advances, they could give Kentucky a tough game. Experience and shot making. Yes, and I think Murray State can as well because of their athleticism. So what we're talking about here is we could get Purdue. Texas, Kentucky, Baylor if they advance, or UCLA, and a dark horse in North Carolina. You could get about six or seven bracket winners in in, in this region. Yeah, I think this region's wide open. I mean, Baylor, the defending national champ, I mean, they're really good, but they've had some injury issues. They're they're trying to overcome it. They still could enough to get a one seed. Um, This this region is going to be outstanding, I think, even from the first round on. I mean, North Carolina and Marquette. I mean, again, North Carolina can, can can play with your best on a good day, and they can get run out of the gym by twenty five um, on regular. I mean, we've seen that more often than not this year. Um, the St. Mary's Indiana game is going to be outstanding. St. Mary's you beat Gonzaga, Indiana, one of the hottest teams in the country. Uh, yeah, this 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 bracket I think is going to be outstanding this year. Does Akron have any chance to beat UCLA? I mean, they, they have as a good of a puncher's chance, um, but I, I think UCLA is it, just too talented. And, and I, I, just, I can't remember who tweeted this, um, but March Johnny Juzang is a real thing. I mean, you saw what he did last year. He comes back. And don't forget, this team has all the experience from going to the Final Four. Um, again, I think they might have been a little under, uh, overse- or underseeded excuse me, as a four seed. I think they could have been a little better than a four. But, um, I mean, they, they, they have the talent. And, I mean, just look ahead. A potential, just say, Indiana-UCLA round of 32 game. I mean, that's going to sell tickets or what? No, listen, that's going to be pumping if they get to that. If they get to that. You know, the thing with Akron is that they'll be able to play half court with UCLA. If they shoot the ball as well as they did in their conference tournament, they'll be okay. I, I just... I just don't know. They, by the way, they have one of the coolest, one of their guards has one of the coolest names, right? Ali Ali, right? So, yeah. <laughs> speak to me about North Carolina. Last we saw them in the ACC tournament, they they made all of America happy by beating Duke in Coach K's, well, right before the the, the, the ACC tournament, I'm sorry. But right before the ACC tournament, they made everybody happy by beating Duke. And then in the ACC tournament, uh, you know, like you said, they they went through their usual up and down phase, right? Because that's 
that's who they are. If North Carolina gets a matchup with Baylor, what do they need to do to win that game? They need Armando Baycott to stay out of foul trouble. Um, they need R.J. Davis and Caleb Love to both play well at the same time. They're gonna. I mean, it, I'm just gonna name you all their key players and say they have to play well. Well, um, but, yeah, but, but I think those are the three. I think those are the three. Baylor's been things. banged up the whole year, so you yeah. could get them. They're not the Baylor from last year. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I think but, North Carolina needs a lot of things to go right. They do. I mean, Baycott and, and Manic have to be big down low. Manic has to be shooting really well. Um, so does Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. Um, then you're going to need something from, from Leaky Black. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you need for North Carolina to, to, to win a game like that, just like any eight or nine seed playing, playing a one seed, you're going to need everybody to play well. You're not going to beat that team with your B or your C game. You're going to have to bring your A game. And I think North Carolina's A game um, is a, a, a top 20, top 15 team in the country, which makes things scary for uh, makes things scary for Baylor, but Again, they have to they have to bring one of their better games to get by Marquette because Marquette is is experienced. There might not be experience together playing in the NCAA tournament, but they have experience. Um, they have length, which gives North Carolina trouble, um, and they have a really good coach who seems like he's back in the perfect system at Marquette with Shaka Smart. Old so, um, and also, and also, don't don't forget it's Hubert Davis's first NCAA tournament game as a head coach. Um, so obviously you'd figure some, some youth, some inexperience, and some nerves would be there as well. We know that old wins, right? We always say that, mm-hmm. particularly in the Big East, but definitely across the country. If you're not going to have, and, and even if you have three NBA first rounders, history shows you you need you need some you need some age there. I believe the winner of this bracket could come from the bottom part of the of the region. I agree. I, I think Kentucky is going to go to the Final Four, although the last time they were on the court wasn't impressive against Tennessee in the uh, SEC tournament semifinals. Take me to the Midwest where Kansas seems to be in a phenomenal position to win this bracket or at least get to the Elite Eight, barring Iowa just coming in there and just having one of those you know, 14 three-point games against them. Yeah, again, I think Kansas is, is in a really good position. I feel like this Midwest is also wide open. I think it's kind of Kansas's to lose, but if you look up and down the, the bracket, I mean, do, do you trust anybody? I mean, go, go to Providence. They're playing a really good South Dakota State team, and Providence has been, it, it's, it's been a joke among the Big East how Providence has been so lucky this year. Um but I, I could see South Dakota State winning that game. A thousand percent, um, particularly because of the ability to shoot. See, the thing with it, Providence is, although they know how to win these games, right? They close you out. They also let you hang around. Exactly. And when exactly. you're playing a team that shoots the ball at the high rate that that the Jackrabbits do, you're basically a five-minute stretch away from them knocking you out yep yep absolutely absolutely then i mean even go towards the top half of the bracket san diego state and creighton i mean man have i been impressed with creighton ever since the injury to nemhard i mean that could have that that was their leader that was their freshman point guard that's one of the best players one of the best freshmen in the country um and he goes down and and they've kind of just kept on moving and kept on winning 
Um, I think they're going to beat San. Yeah, Craig McDermott. He's done an outstanding job this year. Um, I think they'll beat San Diego State, but I think, um, and I've said this a lot this year, uh, not a lot in in the past couple weeks. um, I I think the loss of Nemhart will come back and bite them against Kansas. You you need a trusty guy with the ball. You you need you need your point guard out there against the Kansas team. Um, And I think if 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 Creighton had Nemhart, I'd be tempted to take take the upset but I think Kansas will get them there. Um, and then look at that 5-12 matchup. I mean, Iowa's playing outstanding basketball. Um, they, they, they fall in the uh, Big Ten Tournament Championship to Purdue. Um, but Richmond, that's that, that was your last bid stealer. They, they four games in four days um, at the A-10 Tournament, and, they, and they're able to sneak in. And Richmond's one of the oldest rosters in, in the country. Um, I, I think that has the potential to be a really good game if Richmond um, can defend Iowa, which is obviously a tall task to, to say for anybody. Yeah, but let's be honest. Richmond is the reverse Virginia, right? So they're that team. Like we always say Virginia, no matter how high of a seed they are, you shouldn't be afraid to play them because they're going to keep you in the game and you can get them. Iowa tends to be the same way except that they score but if they don't defend, you can get them too. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why that's why I think this 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 bracket is absolutely wide open and we haven't even hit the bottom half, which I think I think you have a really dangerous Iowa State team too in that six eleven matchup against LSU. I mean LSU will wait gone. What LSU team are you getting this weekend? What what which one are you gonna get a team that's like, all right, this is over, or are you gonna get an inspired team that says, Hey, we can even do this? without our head coach. Um, I think it, it'll be the former. I think, I don't know if LSU is really going to show up. Um, that's why I think Iowa State's a real dangerous team. You know, this was actually the easiest bracket for me to do. Um, not at the top, right? Because I believe that, but I believe, uh, at the, I'm sorry, not in the middle, right? It was hard in the middle, but with Kansas and Auburn at the top, I, I kind of felt that they were going to be fine getting to the elite eight i i do agree with you there's gonna be a lot of chaos in the middle of the bracket but i don't know if anybody's good enough to knock kansas and auburn off before the elite eight i'll say this i think miami would have a chance miami's got some really good guards we've seen the issues and the struggles with auburn's guards auburn's really good but can they get consistent guard play miami has it Miami has a trio of guards that can all handle the ball, that can all really fill it up. Isaiah Wong, Charlie Moore, um, Cameron McGusty. Miami can handle the ball. They're experienced. Um, they have a great coach. I, I, if Miami beats USC in, in the first round, and that's a big if. Don't be surprised if Miami gives Auburn a really tough game. You know, the thing with that, and by the way, I love Jim Laranega. When I was, when I was at ESPN in D.C., we used to do the Jim Laranega show. I used to I used to do the Jim Laranega show with because uh, uh, he was at George Mason at the time. Yep, and uh, he's one of the best guys in the business. Great to cover too. Uh, that USC Miami game, you're right, is going to be interesting because the thing with them is they both come in with similar uh, similar pedigree, right? Neither of them really beat. Um, in the, in the last ten games, they're both the same way. Neither of them had this unbelievable uh, moment where they won their conference tournament or anything. But they were, but they were both playing good, playing competitive. 
So I think that this becomes one of these matchups where you can get like a double overtime thriller, uh, you know, in, in, in that Midwest bracket. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a contrast to styles. I mean, USC is a bigger team. They kind of run everything through their forwards. And like I said, Miami's all guard-based. Um, I'm real, I think, again, like you said, I think this could has the potential to be a classic. Um, this, this could be a really good game. And um, I think Auburn would beat USC if USC advanced. And now, don't get me wrong, I'm still probably going to pick Auburn to beat Miami, but I think Miami would give them a much tougher game than USC would. That's just my opinion. Give me your Elite Eight in the West. Starting the West, I have Gonzaga and Texas Tech. Who do you have? You know, I, I gave you all that spiel about Duke. I, I got Gonzaga and Duke. I got I got the top, top two seeds getting a rematch okay. um, out, out in the West, but I think, uh, I think Gonzaga would get them this time. Okay, so you have Gonzaga winning the West bracket. I have I have Baylor and Kentucky coming out because I'll be honest with you, I just don't trust UCLA. I understand they okay. made that great run last year. Yeah. But I was kind of disappointed at the way they played this year, to be fair. For a yeah, team, the, the, that I mean, team should not they, be a four seed. I, I agree. They were given a, a bit of a tough draw with um, they had to play for a couple weeks in front of absolutely nobody because of the, the, the L.A. COVID restrictions. Um, and they've had injuries. They've had players in that lineup. So I, I agree with you that you can't trust them. But um, I, got a, I got a blue blood matchup in the Elite Eight here in the East. I got UCLA and Kentucky. And I got Kentucky going to the Final Four. Okay. I have Baylor going to the Final Four, not because I think Baylor is some great team. I really don't. I'm almost picking Baylor to beat Kentucky. Because I believe Kentucky could get upset before that. Yeah. You, you, yep. you know what I'm saying? So I'm almost like, yeah. I believe Kentucky, if they get there, wins that game, though. Like I, mm-hmm. I believe Kentucky's might be the best team in that entire bracket. But like we said, you know, a lot of, a lot of, Kentucky could find itself in a game against San Fran or Murray State. And that's my concern. Yeah, absolutely. Take me to the South. Arizona, Tennessee for you also? I do. I do have Arizona and Tennessee. Um, I, I just think that's what it ultimately comes down to, but I have Arizona beating Tennessee. As do I. I thought both those teams were Final Four teams before the brackets came out, so I was a bit disappointed to see them in the same region. Uh, but mm-hmm. like you said, I think it worked out for Tennessee. The, the Midwest, Kansas and Auburn? No, I'm going to go Iowa and Auburn. I wow. think, I think, I, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's one where I really have a, a, I guess I throw a wrench into the equation. Um, I just think Iowa could get Kansas. I really do. I think, oh, they could. um, but behind, behind their experience behind, uh, Keegan Murray, who people don't talk about enough. I think he's going to be an outstanding player at the next level. Um, I think Iowa could get Kansas and it, 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 it I really want to pick Miami over Auburn, but I just can't do it. Um, and I don't see Wisconsin being able to hang with Auburn in, in a Sweet 16 game. So so I, I kind of just went with the chalk and had Auburn coming out in the bottom half of the bracket. Um, but and I'm going to take Auburn to uh, to beat Iowa to go to the Final Four, even though I don't feel good about it whatsoever. I have Arizona beating Gonzaga in the final. Who do you have? I guess we, we agreed too much. I have Gonzaga beating Arizona as well. I have Gonzaga over okay, Kentucky. So if we and get have, there, we, 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 if we get there... We'll, we'll be rooting against each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just think 
two teams from the West Coast. I don't know how much people on the East Coast would, would enjoy that championship game, um, but I think it could be it could be an uh, an absolute instant classic. Listen, we can let them have one out there. The Pac-12 hasn't won a a championship. Gonzaga's never won, and the Pac-12 hasn't won one since '97. So we can let them have one, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They they can get one. They can get one. Uh, they can get one of these championships. Although to be fair, the Big Ten hasn't won one since 2000 either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, it's kind of been uh, ACC and Big East dominated over the past uh, what two decades. Kevin, before I let you go, speak to me about St. John's, man. You know, uh, a season that began in the preseason with so much promise, I think got derailed from the moment the schedule came out. And St. John's was playing essentially no one other than Kansas. I mean, I guess we could say Indiana now, but we didn't really know. We thought Indiana was going to be in a rebuild in Mike Woodson's first year. But when we saw that schedule, it began almost like that feeling of negativity that creeps into every St. John's fan, right? Because we're born, we're born to assume everything's going to go wrong. But I believe that everything began with that schedule. That day that they released it. Yeah, I don't disagree with you because um, once you were in a dogfight with Fairleigh Dickinson and St. Francis Brooklyn and overtime against NJIT, um, you didn't get many good feelings. And then another dogfight against Mamas, who, who, I mean, a, a couple of teams on there, give them credit. They're really good. I mean, they played St. Peter's, who won the MAC. Mammoth, who was a MAC uh, finalist. Uh, Colgate, who won the Patriot League. Um, so there were a couple non-conference games against mid-majors that, that were fine, that you could pass along. I mean, even Fordham, that's a New York City rivalry. Um, but the, the playing Mississippi Valley State and Fairleigh Dickinson and St. Francis Brooklyn and NJIT, you got to schedule better than that. And when they weren't blowing those teams off the floor, you, the, the doubt started to creep in. I mean, you had the two-point loss at Indiana. Um, Kansas, you, you, were, you were never really in the game aside one absolute um, scorching run in the second half. Um, but I mean, the loss against Pittsburgh, uh, it was, it, it was, there's no other way to categorize this season as a major, major disappointment and a failure. And that's putting it bluntly, but it is, I mean, this team had realistic goals of getting to the NCAA tournament and this team, the, the program thought with the right draw, they could win a game or two and not even to make uh, the NIT. There's no other way to categorize it as, as a, as a major failure. You know what the weird thing is here? That if you said to me going into this year, okay, you have Julian Champagny, a guy who's, for all intents of purpose, a, a, a walking bucket at the college level, averaging 20 a game. I would have never, and you told me that I could be in as many close games and one possession games as St. John's was. I would have said, you know what? We're going to be a top 25 team. Yep. St. John's lost so many, so many one and two possession games with a guy who should be a bucket getter. And look, you don't expect him. I mean, he hit a big shot against Connecticut. We get the bad luck where the ball goes out of bounds that actually helps them, right? 
Um, yep. But even one of the last games, he, you, they, they, I, I'm, I'm, it's escaping me right now who it was. I don't know if it was Marquette. We fed him in the post, but he kicked out for a three-pointer instead of taking the shot. It, there was just a lot of a lot of these moments that they just had where you don't expect to lose when you have a guy like Champagny. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the only game they were really not in, in Big East play, the only game they were non-competitive in was the game at Creighton when they kind of just got blown off the floor from the opening tip. Every other game they were in it in some capacity. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it was, I mean, you, you had two all-league players on your roster coming into the year and leaving the year and um, nothing to show for it. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, it was, it was brutal to be quite honest that this team had a lot more talent um, than their, what their record said at 17 and 15 on the year. Um, and you're probably going to lose Champagny going into next year. Um, and who else knows what happens with the roster? Because naturally in, in this era of college sports, uh, roster turnover is inevitable. They need a shooter. Or two, you mm-hmm. can't you can't have Dylan Wusu be your starting guard. You can't. Not yeah. when Posh is not a great shooter to begin with. You can't have them both out there at the same mm-hmm. time playing thirty minutes. That, that just cannot happen. And I don't know how they get better now. They're losing Champagne, so how do they get better? I mean, do they naturally all improve? Yeah, but now you're back in the same situation where you say, well, when you need a basket. At the end of a game, who's going to get it? You had that, and you still didn't get to the NCAA tournament. Well, you had that, and he didn't really get the the game, the end of game shots often as you would have liked to begin with. Um, so that's certainly a question. And then, I mean, it's the transfer portal. Everyone's going to hit the transfer portal hard. Um, it's going to be who can you get out of it? And um, with this current staff, I mean, St. John's hasn't really hit home runs um, on many of their transfers in these first three years under. Uh, this coaching staff. Kevin, you're the best, man. No one knows college hoops like you in this area, man. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. It's always a blast. No problem. Kevin Connolly, sports broadcaster, does D1 Media Pro and everything. My man, take care. All right, take care. Have a good one. Enjoy the tournament. Thank you. You too. And you've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other.